This is Lady Talk Radio, your space for real conversations about real life and real ways to improve yours. Welcome back to Lady Talk Radio. I am your host, Stacey Ray, and I am stoked you're here. And I'm also really stoked to be sharing this episode with you today. I've missed you guys. I haven't been making as many combos this month, and I've got so many cool ones lined up for you, though. Don't sweat it. Uh, But yeah, it's been a super full on month, and so I'm so excited to be jumping on here and sharing this episode particularly with you and so many more these coming weeks. So this is episode number 58 with Hanari O'Brien, and this podcast is brought to you by We are LadyAlpha.com, our online and offline community for ambitious women, where we start conversations that empower you and help move you forward so you can have the fierce and fulfilling life you know you want. If you are digging our vibe here, maybe you want to expand on this conversation, come kick it with us in our free online Facebook community, The Lady Posse. The link to do that is in the show notes of this episode, or you can just search us out on Facebook and we will add you in, girl. If this is your first time tuning in to the show, I'm so freaking stoked you are here, and I'm so excited to share more conversations with you, and I feel free, like really feel free to reach out to me because I love hearing from you. I love hearing what you receive from the show. Send me a DM on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. So in this series that concludes today with this episode, we have been talking all about men, and I may have saved my favorite for last on purpose. Hanari O'Brien has been a teacher, a friend, and I really dig his approach on exploring things while really addressing the people who aren't always being acknowledged in the world. And so Hanari's been in the personal development and spiritual industry for 10 plus years. He is a wealth of insight, experience, and care. And most of all, I really appreciate leaders who are willing to ruffle feathers a little bit and open up new conversations uh, with curiosity in the world. And Hanari is definitely one of those people and something that he continues to teach me in my own life. And so this conversation, we dove into aspects of the feminine and masculine energies in the world that are definitely creating confusion and separation and even a lack of power for some of us. Um, Some really interesting explorations around the Me Too movement, the differences between siren energy and kuya energy. So really cool conversation. I really love his willingness to get gritty in conversations and really go there. So I have a feeling you guys are going to like this one. As always, I would love to hear your insights or takeaways. Feel free to send them my way. And lady, let's get into it. Hey, Hanari, welcome to Lady Talk Radio. I'm so, so honored to have you on the show. Thanks for saying yes. And it's a total honor to have you on. I also have shared before, I think in, in conversations on the show about the impact that you've had in my life and how you show up for people. And I know you're retired from coaching at the moment, but love seeing some of the work that you're putting out there right now. And I'm really excited to dive into this with you. So thank you. Thanks for having me on, Stacey. It's a privilege and honor to be here with you today. And I think we missed a lot of the juicy stuff in the pre-interview. <laughs> I, know. I know that often happens. And I'm I'm considering just hitting record and then just getting snippets out of it later, you know, because some of that good stuff just comes through. But I I know we're going to get to all that as well. We're starting these conversations with this question. What do you want women to know about men or the masculine? Uh, Good question. So me, as I have a teenage daughter who's uh, just turning 16, I have a son that's turning 11. I've been married and together with a woman very powerful New Zealand woman for 14 years. I've also been birthed out of a mother that is from the Maori culture, very powerful warrior culture, who is the strongest woman I've ever met. Um, 
So my connection to uh, the feminine goes generationally as a father through to a son. And uh, I think mine now for the men in the world is a reversal in honouring women, especially the women that stand up as leaders so that we can stand uh, next to them. Kind of like the Wonder Woman movie where yeah. she had her hero. Yeah, the hero was the – she was the hero, but her sidekick was the masculine man. Mm. <laughs> yeah. he, he was willing to stand with her and be the second character in the movie and sh- and see her shine and, and willing to sacrifice himself for the cause that she was standing for. So if anybody's out there, uh, and to nutshell that, go see Wonder Woman. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. And I think I was really – pleasantly surprised at how many women really like witnessed that movie and were just into it. They saw something for themselves, you know? And then let's move on since we're talking to that into the Wakanda woman. Oh, wow. The warrior woman, the intellectual woman, the leadership that we got another movie that up leveled from Wonder Woman and seeing the woman protect the men as the warriors of a tr- of the tribe, as well as the intellectual sister of the, uh, Black Panther, who was the most intellectual genius, and then they were of colour, and then we had another step up in how a woman could be. And I felt that movie, as well as being about the Black Panther, I felt he was more of a, as well as a side character to the black cause and also the woman's movement, and was like, wow, go girls, throw those spears, yeah. kick those guys' asses. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Black Panther yet, so... Oh, no, go see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been hearing that. I will. I definitely will. And I know there's, we can see that there is a lot going on in the world. There's a lot of changes occurring, lots of men rising, women rising, different conversations, different things happening. And um, I actually didn't strategically plan this this series around that. It just kind of came through. It just felt like the right time to have these conversations. And it's been so interesting because since I decided to do this, I'm seeing just I'm seeing it everywhere. I'm seeing more more women wanting to include men in the conversation and really wanting to hear from men like, you know, how can we work together? How can we because it seems like there's some more problematic things going on in the world between men and women at the moment. And how we can more focus on like rising together and really getting each other. And I know that you've got some really cool ideas around this and, and concepts and, and ways of thinking about it. Um, and I saw recently, because uh, the Me Too movement was like a big thing and a lot of stuff that went on with Tony Robbins and everything. And I saw you do a really great video on that. And I'd love to chat about that because I think there's definitely some confusion and there was some like bandwagoning, you know, like as we're seeing more and more of. Um, what do you think are just from, from, because we're speaking to women on this show, like what are some things that we need to maybe just keep in mind or start to explore for ourselves as we're seeing more men being blamed, just blatantly blamed for things? Is that clear, the way that I said that? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a very interesting question. Um, hmm. I think uh, there are two sides to see it. Um the women that have been, like with Harvey Weinstein, we see that women uh, that have been abused by the dominant alpha power. And uh, we see with even Stacey, uh, what's it? No, no, it's not Stacey. Um, Kevin State, uh, oh, the guy Kevin that Spacey. was. Yeah, yeah. Kevin yeah. Sorry, Stacey, because <laughs> I'm on your show. Kevin <laughs> Spacey, who was. Uh, 
who was uh, now found out to be enticing young men into situations that, you know, was inappropriate. We've got now Tony Robbins was called out on stage by a woman about the Me Too movement, and you could see in his disposition that he wasn't clear with it. He got angry at her. He tried to use wise words. He pushed her. That went viral. Everyone started attacking Tony. Um, I I personally know uh, people that are in his platinum group that say behind the scenes, Tony, there's another side to Tony. He's a very sexual you know, man. I can't say that's the truth because it's there what they're telling me. Uh, but it made sense when she was able to hit him. And his clients are very powerful alpha men. One of his clients is the guy that runs Las Vegas, the guy Wynn, who has Encore and Wynn. If you've ever been out to Las Vegas, that are two one of the most beautiful um, statuesque hotels out there. Mm. And so, uh, yeah, people were standing behind this woman and people were standing behind women that have been hurt. Yeah. And I get it. Uh, and I totally get it. Um, so my personal story about this is uh, someone had the lady that was with Tony Robbins contact me and uh, she said a few things in the same line as Tony because I, I, I'm a man. Um, I, I wouldn't say uh, uh, me and Tony, uh, we're in kind of the same industry. He's done a lot more and he's a lot more famous. But when she talked to me about it, she seemed to put me in the category of alpha man because I'm six foot two, I'm 100 kgs, I know how to fight, I can I'm from a very alpha, probably the most alpha culture on planet. The Maori culture is probably as a masculine culture. I haven't seen one culture on the planet as masculine as the Maori culture, unless you go to the Middle East. Where, uh, yeah, so it's on that similar path. And she started saying stuff to me, but what she didn't realise is uh, I have a deep. Uh, I bow to the woman, not out of. Um, just aggression, but out of fear as well at times because the woman's power is very powerful when dominated. And we're seeing many of the people that have been dominated, women, by men, now rising. And uh, it needs to happen. Um, but when she said it to me, I said, hold on a sec, sweet. Hold on a sec, love. Hold on a sec, powerful woman. My mother was raped at 19, and that, uh, she carried that pain, and I felt the experience of that pain through my life at me, and I was a kid. My wife was molested at five years old, so I've had the experience of talking about it with her. I also, uh, a family of that I knew, the pastor of a church that I was involved in, molested his daughter, and I stood up for the daughter, and we neither had a fight in the middle of the street. And then my daughter herself has been... Um, uh, in a criminal case for uh, being molested by a, a man who was um, a music teacher. So I said, hold on a second. You're tiring me with the same brush that you think Tony's going through. I never heard back from that woman again. And this is where we, uh, this is where we go back and forth. This is a very fine line. When people have been emotionally dominated by uh, other people, when they're allowed to talk, it's like a wave of energy that you can't stop. So I'm saying, go, girls, go. But at the point where they've cleared out enough of the anger, the resentment, then we've got to say, okay, what do we do now? Like, what, do you want to go around the earth and chop off every guy's penis and put them in prisons? Because then you'll be dominating them like you were dominated. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So uh, I, for me... Uh, I have been Tony, and I have dominated women 
when I was in my youth, uh, not only emotionally but sexually. Uh, and now I'm a father, and I uh, have had to apologize. I, I flew out one time to an ex-girlfriend who was an ex-model, and I sat in front of her uh, when I was 30-something, and I cried, and I said, sorry, I really ruined the relationship because I wasn't there. I was all about the power. And so she was kind of looking at me weird, and uh, but I had to, it had to be done. So um, that's a point that I'd like to make. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I actually appreciate that you made that point too, because it actually just speaks to like like giving men the space to also clean up. You know, it's like it's not just to say, hey, they made these mistakes and now they're just done, and all men are something. But like, hey, like giving space for men to also be able to come forth and, and, you know, take responsibility or clean it up or whatever they need to do. I think that's a really beautiful example of that. Yeah, and we're in a, we're in a very uh, interesting time, like you said before. Um, I call it the time of the kuia. So in the Maori culture, we have this idea of the legend of the kuia, kind of similar to uh, Wonder Woman. If you watch the Wonder Woman movie, can I just refer to Wonder Woman movie? Yes, you can. <laughs> oh, yeah. When the guy, when, if you look at Wonder Woman, she's fundamentally powerful, but she's also compassionate. She stands for something, and she, but she sees both sides of things. She doesn't fully uh, neglect the other side of it. Um, and even in the boat, so they're in the boat and they're going, she's been convinced by her mother, she needs to go and help the world. So she jumps in the boat with the man and she's like, come and lie down with me. Just lie next to me. And he's like, he's from the 1930s. He's like, what? what? No, it's not, it's inappropriate. She's, she doesn't have the concept of what the sexual ideas of the Western world are about. Keep me warm, man. Come and lie with me. And then he's like, oh, sexuality. She says, but se- what are you talking about? Sexuality is this. And in the boat, you see this powerful woman that can be warmed by the man and make a choice around sexual stuff, as well as being a powerful woman. In the Maori culture, the kuia is that energy, the energy of the mother who knows how to make passionate, animalistic, unbridled love with, with so much passion. But she also can tell the man at the moment that it doesn't work for her, slow down, stop, this ain't for me. She can, when the warrior comes back, she soothes him and she also tells them what to do. She also can bring in the children. She has the capability to do what the siren does as a sexual, youthful woman, but she also has the grounded nature of the stand of the, uh, the, of the older woman. The kuya is someone that kind of like can stand and be with what is happening without judging uh, all of it as a bad thing. If we see an example of this in the world, the Michelle Obama seems to be a Kuya-type figure. She's a mother. She's a black woman. She can stand. And I can imagine being with Obama for so long, she can make love, great love to him. Um, so what I would trust as a man would be the Kuya energy. The siren energy of the youth is designed uh, scientifically in the triangular shape that marketing uses in the S curves, the soft round curves that they use to entice us biologically to buy things. And that's the siren energy. The siren energy is very, very powerful, as powerful as the dominant energy of the man, the alpha energy. Mm. But the siren energy is not mature. 
it wants uh, to be noticed, it wants accolades, it wants to see the ish-shaped cues uh, move the minds of the men. And it will, because all men fold under the siren's energy. In a book called The Ecstasy, uh, after the ecstasy comes the laundry, it documents mm. spiritual teaching, every discipline being overcome by the sexuality of all these ish-shaped curves and triangular symmetry of the beauty. And uh, it's not something to take lightly. Now, here's the thing with the alpha men. With the alpha men, we can see aggression. But with the siren energy, we can't see the power of it because it is something that is not um, tangibly seen but emotionally and biologically felt. The siren energy can slip under the radar. And a woman, like you hear you hear two guys fighting over a woman, and you're like, well, why are you fighting? We're not even sure why we're fighting over her. We're just fighting over it. Why? Because she's using... The S-shaped, soft, round curves, slow, powerful, sexy, lovely tones with the symmetry of her uh, makeup and biology. Mm. Um, and then when they start fighting, the police come and take them away and the siren can sit there knowing, just like in the legion, that <laughs> the man's heads off. And, and the sad thing is, uh, I watched an interview the other day, is when a siren, she sends out hot energy, but what she gets is horny energy from the man. They had two scientists talking about it. So hot and horny. So the sad thing for the siren is when you create S-shapes all the time and symmetry, the siren brings in horny men. Like It's like, oh, the procreational biological fuckableness. Oh, I want it. Ooh, ah, ooh, I love it. Ooh, yeah. And the man can't control that because he is designed to procreate. Marketing over the last hundred years has used this to sell things from cars to pens to pencils. If you look on Instagram, Instagram is filled with S-shaped, big booty, yeah. lovely. So people now know what's it. You can open up an Instagram account and within six months, if you show the right curves, you can have a million followers and you can start endorsing protein powder. Hello. <laughs> this made my booty bigger. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> Just to sum that up, uh, the Kuya energy is the energy, uh, kind of like if we could look at a figure, Michelle Obama, mm-hmm. that is the energy to lead, but also the energy to settle. And I think mm. um, uh, for me as a man, uh, I would trust that more than the siren energy. Uh, just because I'm I, in Bali, I'm at a gym and I see um, – at my gym, there's a, it's, it's a very youthful gym, and we see that every every single day. It's S curves, but we also see the alpha men walking around the gym, and it's like trying to negotiate the <laughs> aggression with the alpha and the S curves with the siren. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just trying to keep out everyone's way. <laughs> <laughs> got to wear a shield. Yeah. You gotta, gotta, gotta wear a shield. <laughs> well, and I'm curious for the women who are listening to the show that are maybe identifying with that siren energy. Like, what is that that progression into that maturity? Like, what what do you think some of those processes might look like? Well, he, he, it's a great question. What from what I can see is when a woman tries to keep hot going beyond hot's biological. Like, for instance, we see women trying to keep hot going by making their breasts bigger, mm-hmm. booty implants. They you know do cosmetic surgery. What's really happening is they're trying to keep the hot going 
for a lot longer. And you see Joan, the lady Joan Rivers, who died looking like she was preserved. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Good word. Great word. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I got a visual of her face exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So looking like she was preserved. And probably if we looked at her in the grave now, she may not have even decomposed in certain areas. Um, so, uh, and this is not to offend, because I brought this up in a, a seminar full of women, and, and some of the older women were like, nah, we, we want to be hot. And it, they are hot, but in a different way. Mm, yeah. The one is that they, uh, they most of them uh, are beautiful now, meaning they uh, not only have the sexuality, but they have uh, the gracefulness of the kuya. They can laugh, they can cry about things. Like if someone says a joke about farting, they'll laugh as much as they'll cry about it. Like, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting space to move between. Uh, and for the, if we look at the siren, um, another woman, I'll, I'll use an, I'll use a, a real life example. So there's a young woman in uh, a seminar we went to and uh, we took in, in Australia and she was gorgeous. She was beautiful. She was in her twenties, but she was trying to be the kuia before experiencing the siren. Mm. She was seeing all coaching out there, and she had tried to skip into the kuia, but she had rejected the siren in her. So she was very methodical. And so um, uh, we talked about the science of it, and we said, "Why would you skip something that you're in? Don't skip the siren stage. It's like saying you're going to skip." I'm going to skip being a teenager because it's too difficult. I'm, all, I'm, I'm out of there. I said, you want to be able to, and all the other women, old women, was like, yeah, girl. Shit, when we were young, we, we, we knew we had it going on. We worked it. And so she was, she started to, uh, like her ankles started to move and she started to move her hands. And she was trying to break out of this idea that she needed to be the mature coach. And she wasn't making much money. And we said, look, if you be the young, virile, have you got a boyfriend? Yes. Well, let him have some of that. And then if you're walking down the street and he's like, hey, and seeing guys pay you attention in your siren energy, own that shit. So the siren energy, when it's owned, is powerful as well because the woman still is present to it. It's like black woman owned. Like you can see one of them and they may not be skinny. They may have thump thump lump lumps what they call it. But when she walks down that street, girl, she's one fine woman. And all the black guys go, uh-huh, oh, yeah, because they know she's she's got it. That's the siren energy is not about uh, uh, rejection. It's about integration. Like, own it and then choose. I want you tonight, boy, because we're going to have a good time. <laughs> not, yeah, not you. Like, and you work it. It's the owning of it and letting it be represented in the youth that it is, that it, it matures. And then when it does mature, probably quicker, it then matures into the, the kui energy. The kui energy uh, by age, biologically, uh, I would say is over 35 and onwards. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, Because the woman is usually, you know, in her 20s party, she's tried a few men, she's had a good times and... Mostly, most women by that stage then are starting to think about between 30 and 35 and 40 now, I think, in this new age. Oh, I have some babies and kids, and then the integration of that. Yeah. Uh, that's the progression that I see from the question. Second point completed. <laughs> <laughs> Check. <laughs> <laughs>
Woo! I made it. I made it. <laughs> I love having conversations with you. I really do. Um, so you said something in there that kind of perked my ears up because I know it's something that you speak to and it's something that I absolutely love about both you and Kate is that you're not about trying to, you know, access out of what you're at, you know, like really just being who you really are and allowing yourself to experience your emotions or experience what's coming up for you and like being with your life. Um, and, you know, something that I saw your video the other day about what you what you received from personal development and I'd love to hear because I know also that there's a lot of men in the world who are now getting exposed to personal development and getting exposed to, you know, wanting to be positive or wanting to kind of control their their way of being. Um, and I know you are really big about also men and women having room to express and move that energy around and be all of who they are. Can you speak to that? Yes. So... Uh, let me talk about personal development. Personal development was developed after World War II because people were sick and tired of us killing ourselves, especially after 50 million to 100 million people had been killed during World War II. So personal development came around at a great time to be the better person, to be the better man. Are you guys still there? you still there? Yep. yep. So uh, after that, in the 70s and uh, the 80s, it really took off. Certain people... Created Werner Earhart was an instigator of that, and there were a group of people that really started to experiment and then bring it to mainstream. Then in the 90s, it totally became a, a thing. It's like a thing. So mm-hmm. the problem with that is that the mind that created it, which is about 10,000 years old, is trying to outdo the biology that created us, which is about... 14 billion years old. Mm. So if we look at that statistically, the slow progressional growth of the bio- biology that has brought us here over billions of years, we're trying to outdo it with strategy. that's only been around for 10,000 years. So one thing that can never outdo, personal development can never outdo the, the energy of biology when it comes to sexuality. But personal development can never outdo the the, the biology, biological connection of a mother to a child. It can never outdo water to uh, thirst. It can never do food to hunger. It can never outdo the basic fundamentals of life. So, yes, go out there and make yourself better. But when it, if, if it gets to a stage where you're trying to eliminate biology, you're in for trouble. That's where the shadow comes in. What they call the shadow so the shadow comes in as man i can really get rid of my sexual desires man i can really get rid of my need to uh, uh, go to the toilet man i can really get really present for not drinking water anymore so when when we go too far we actually start to reject who we are as and i'll use a word ontological human being a being that encompasses the strategy and the biology so for me, like even with, if I was to be totally honest, like with uh, with women, I, I mean, I I've coached ninety five percent of uh, most of my clients, ninety five percent of women through models, through to lawyers and doctors, and I was so strong in my disposition at that time, was making so much money that in my head, my strategies were, man, I'm good at this, I'm loyal to my wife, and it was just awesome. And then we came to Bali and we lived in Ubud, and, and living in Ubud. Uh, is a feminine 
just it seeps out of these feminine statues everywhere. I didn't realise that I had pushed my biology so backwards in, into the background that it was hiding there, ready to jump and get me. So I'm like, I'm doing my boxing thing. I'm uh, in Ubud. I'm probably. I, Zion said to me, "Dad, you could probably beat everyone up in this whole town." And I said, <laughs> "And I said, to him, you're fucking right, son. You're right. Everyone in Ubud. I don't know one here that could rock it with me. That's cool. You're right." And I was like, "Yeah, that's right." And then a group of women, beautiful, some of them young in their twenties, thirties. They saw me and they're like, oh, could you train us in boxing? And uh, I was like, said to Kate, look, I coach women for, what, for seven years, models, da 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 uh, But what I didn't realize is that I'd get emotionally tied into this, like, 22-year-old gorgeous woman. No sexuality, but the underdeveloped biology that wasn't recognized in me created, created a, uh, an unspeakable bond between me and her. And then I discovered that I was uh, just inclined, like every other man, to potentially cheat on my wife, or not cheat, but not um, uh, not be connected to my wife. Because something was happening with me and this twenty-three-year-old woman, um, and I said to Kate every time she said something's off, she could feel the energy. Something's off here, bro. Something's off here. And I was like, No, no, no. It's good. I've coached woman. Da da da. Strategy and then biology. And she said, no, nah, you've got to test this out. So I went back to the woman one day and I said, hey, look, I'm not going to coach or do boxing with you anymore because uh, I need to just be connected to my family and my kids. And I realized that we were in an energetic, comp- uh, we were in an energetic um, relationship when she got up from her chair and she said, you're a fraud. And I was like, what? Because up to that point, it was all flowers and candy. And that's when I realized that I was in an energetic relationship with her biologically and um, because she was talking to me as if we were in a relationship now. Wow. And I got a shock that we were in this conversation and then I realized that we must be in a relationship because people that are friends usually don't talk to each other like that. Mm. So she said to me... uh, you're a fraud, and da, 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 and walked off. And I stood there thinking, oh, man, after all the strategy, after working with all the women, I'm back in that same position that I was when I was a little kid at eight years old watching porn to relieve myself. I feel vulnerable. Mm. So I went back home with my tail between my legs, and Kate said, yeah, right, boy, and that made me even more vulnerable. So I Tuck myself. I think I made my way down to the to the not the liquor store. I, I probably would have back in the day, but I made my way down to the local um, ice cream store and I said, "Could I have six Magnum White Magnums, please?" <laughs> and, and, I, and as a 30, 30 something year old man, I was eating these Magnums, really vulnerable, and I, I think my skin was so. The alpha man turned into the little puppy, and I went and lay down on the bed like a. Um, and so, uh, what I realised from that is, after uh, spending probably five hundred thousand dollars on personal development to get rid of all of that, it started to show up just naturally again. And so, I'm not telling people uh, that they shouldn't do personal development. I think you sh- it's, it's an amazing industry, but if the deeper you go. If you want to go for depth, it's endless. And you can't improve on how your lungs breathe, how your heart beats. And when you get to the lungs breathing part of your development and your 
in your heart beating, you realize that you're still a human being that goes to the toilet, that is vulnerable to sexuality, that uh, is sad sometimes and is happy in other times. And that's one of the reasons I quit coaching, so I could be normal again. What do you mean by normal? I was curious when you said that. So I could be normal again, not coaching. Well, when you're coaching and you, and you, you feel powerful and you're getting all these results for people, you're seeing them grow, it, it, what it does is it just pumps up the alpha man's ego just a little bit too much. And so after every coaching program, I've always had a massive crash because holding the intention of doing something for other people has the biology of being human in the background. Usually after a coaching program, my sexual appetites are off the scale, like vivacious. My need for food and the food that I had when I was a kid is off the scale. So for usually after a program and coaching people for maybe a month, I have to go away and, uh, box, spa, eat junk food, masturbate, watch some porn, all the things that I haven't been able to do within the coaching. And so to be normal now is if I want to do that. If, like if, if I haven't had sex with Kate for six weeks, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to, like, I need a visual bit of stimulation. The internal imaging isn't really doing it for me now. Uh, I'm just going to try that out for, you know, a day or so, and then I'm just going to leave it alone. Thank you, ladies, for <laughs> I hope I don't come across anything that is, uh, you know, not representative of what my appetite, mine's quite, um, my sexual appetite is, uh, nowadays is more reserved because my testosterone has dropped uh, dropped quite a bit. But, um, yeah, just to be normal, eat. Like last night I had McDonald's. I was like sitting there and I was like, it's Kalungan. When I was a kid, I always dreamed about McDonald's. Now, I'm, I mostly am a vegetarian. Um, but fuck it, tonight, kids, let's get some McDonald's, yeah. <laughs> so I ate two Big Macs, I ate three apple pies, and I got some ice cream. So be, now, that's a sometimes thing, but when sitting there for hours thinking, oh, I shouldn't do it, this is not encompassing of being a vegetarian or transformational coach or this and that, and I'm like, feels like I've got a finger stuck up my ass. Let's just eat it. Mm. So to be normal is to live the life that we we actually have got. Mm. And what I was really hearing too, because I, I relate and you know a little bit about my story and how I've kind of lived from so much strategy. There was all this stuff piling up in the background that I wasn't looking at and wasn't feeling and wasn't allowing myself to feel. And so I'm, I found myself curious because we're seeing like this rise of male brotherhood circles and men coming together and expressing and doing it in a masculine way, not just in kind of bringing men and women into circle and expecting, expecting us all to need the same things, you know? So what do you have, what do you want women to know about like what men need in their biological needs as well? So we can also honor that. Cause I think when I hear you say, I want to go box and I want to go do this and masturbate all these kinds of things. I'm like, I think as women, sometimes we don't hold space for men to get to do all the things that maybe they well, want to do. Well, you can't, if you still have the siren energy, you can't hold space for men like that because mm. it's about, uh, it's about aggression compared to sexuality and that a siren can't hold the space for men to be that way. They just can't because it's about 
being the dominant, like the woman walking into me, she needed to know that she was the most powerful one in the gym. Mm. Not because she was powerful in the physical stature, but in the biological stature of the siren. Uh, I would say to the sirens, own it, work it, twerk it, and really, <laughs> and really choose the men out there that you want to be with. And if you want to be with one or five, they're going to be puppy dogs all the way along because they will be puppy dogs for the siren. But treat them with respect. The big six foot five black, well, and Okay, so we got cut off. My internet did something funky. But we cut off right around the siren energy piece, I think. <laughs> yeah, so the siren energy is very powerful. And uh, when it develops into the Kui energy, it then uh, can be something beautiful. But own the siren energy. Where do we see a culture own it? Um, usually the black African-American woman got, some, got it really going on. Uh and I think when we integrate, not eliminate, that's my personal development take, we start to really have fun with life. We can be who we are. Yeah. Like, I would class myself I, as a trans, one of the top transformational coaches in the world, and it's, I think it's because I've realized that I'm not really that good at being human when I'm a transformational coach. Like I watched uh, uh, when I was coaching you and a whole group of people the other day and it came across my screen and I thought, shit, these people look afraid. They look afraid at the transformational coach who knows everything and speaks truth. Mm. And it really made me sad that I got caught up in all of my own funky, like your word that you use, funkiness. Because I have a personality that naturally inflates. I play basketball. Within five years, I was in the top basketball. I went to university the dumbest, and I came out the smartest. I got into the personal development game, and within five years, Jack Canfield said to me personally, the guy that had written a billion books, Henari, we want you in the Transformational Leadership Council. And I thought, fuck, any industry I get into, I fucking rock it. Why not own that? Like, why not own that? I'm still that man, and I can do that, and I Freaking sorry, ladies, I freaking can because that's my gift. My gift is always to be to go from the bottom to the top, and instead of getting rid of the little guy that got me there, I been, and embrace that little Henry inside of me and say, "Come on, boy, let's go." And so, for the women out there, when they embrace the men for the strong, uh, the strong physical specimen that they are, whether it be intellectually strong, some of you women got intellectually strong men. They might not be big, but you talk to them about some of you got physically strong men. Some of you got um, emotionally strong men, some weak as well as, as that. But when you embrace them, not only for looking at them as that man, but see that inside of them, they got a little boy which neurologically sits in the gut. We won't go into the science of that. Then you start to embrace his vulnerabilities and maybe he can express them to you in a way that he's not going to get stood on. See, with me as a transformational coach, I was so lonely. I was lonely because my I couldn't relate to anybody. I couldn't go into social because that was my alpha man. 
I couldn't go into social settings without seeing the inauthenticities of people. And it was, I don't want to see the inauthenticities. I just want to enjoy them dancing. I couldn't be with my kids because I was always recommending stuff to them. I couldn't be with my wife because I could see what she wasn't doing well. And telling people that all the time just made me a big asshole. <laughs> so I can help it. That was funny. <laughs> so when I came across coaching you guys the other day, and it was very powerful and you got all these insights, I will never go back into that type of coaching again. Wow. And we went to Sydney and we had a shit ton of fun. Mm, we were nice. had we had all these women, and we were laughing more than we were getting transformation. And I thought, shit, I can be the humorous transformational coach now. <laughs> so that's I've taken on more laughter and joy because to see inside of somebody, it's so it goes on forever. There's only one person in all of history, and I think there's only ten people documented in all of the history of humankind that have gone beyond that. One of them was called the Buddha. Another one was called Jesus. Rahama Mahashi was another one. But there are they're very there's a very few of them. There can only be one Elon Musk. There's a very few of them. So when we start to own our unique talents, what are you great at, woman out there? Well, I see all the stuff on the internet and I want to be no no no. What are you great at, girl? I am a mother. Ooh, whoa, yes you are. And who I am for my children is someone that gets them their lunches. That's Elon Musk to me. Who I am as a gardener, Hinari? Yeah. What do you do? Tomatoes, apples. <laughs> That's you. Is that you? That's me. Like, what, do we want to make money? Yeah, well, maybe you could get some videos and put it up on my, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I'm not now into pushing people into things that they're not. Hmm. So with our woman out there, really recognize who you, it's the, who you are first because by recognizing who you are and what you've got, then you'll start to embrace other people. See, when we don't recognize that, we become a movement in the Me Too that's a break-off faction that just despises what men did. And when we go too far to the left, we become the thing that we don't want. We would just as likely cut off their penises uh, to spite them for what they did to us, doing exactly the same thing as what they did to us, perpetuating the crime that was committed initially. So uh, I'm vulnerable. Like me and Kate, have th- we try everything. I have had, we have later on in life had threesomes. We've been in a room where Kate has had the pleasure of having other men be there. We've uh, tried, I've tried cosmetic surgery recently, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about going to try and Botox, you know. <laughs> and recently I tried, I thought, fuck it, I'm going to try it. I tried those, um, I tried, I uh, went to a very swanky spa, and I thought, shit, I'm in life. Instead of talking about it, let's try it. So what are these women experiences? So I went into a spa and I thought, shit, I, I got an inch on my gut. Let's try one of those mitosis injections. So I tried it. And it was fucking painful. Oh, no. Like, yeah, I tried one of those fat reducing and I tried the machine and I thought, shit, I'm going to get out there and try things. So me and Kate, uh, we don't live in the trying of them. We just try it. Boxing, sparring, kickboxing, Anything that I'm curious about and looks like fun, we've tried. Within the sexual arena, we've been together for 14 years. We've tried, I mean, I'm not going to go into detail. We've tried just about everything. And so, last forever, no, we sort of, okay, we're done with that. 
I mean, we could try it again, but maybe we won't. We've made, uh, the, like, from being poor to making lots of money. Uh, it's not common to make hundreds of thousands of dollars in a launch. You know, our biggest business has moved into seven figures because I realized I can, as for 20 years, I lived on nothing. So give me a shirt and a pair of pants and I could go back to that. So it's for the fun of it, the games, people, women, beautiful darlings, mothers, sisters out there. I love you. I appreciate you. I don't want to get in your way. And I think that's what we, our men want from our woman is just be who you are. And if we come over there and try to dominate you, tell us to fuck off. And if you, we become aggressive, leave. Mm. Get out. Find safety. And then come back when you feel stronger. But as you're finding safety, in your heart a little bit, be compassionate for that man because when he's reacting, he's acting like a child, an underdeveloped part of him that just doesn't know how to be loved. But you women out there, all the women out there are inspiring. I bow to the siren because I, if I'm feeling vulnerable, I mean, I will now go over and acknowledge a woman for her sirenness, or... I will look at her until she looks at me and says, stop fucking looking. Because if you're going to do that, and as a man, I'm going to look at it, and then she'll go, enough looking, buddy, and I'll go, got it. <laughs> because of the respect in that, at least yeah. it's not hidden. People that hide that become people that suppress sexuality, and then they do horrible things in the world, especially our men. Yeah. Men that are abusive, uh, that are, they're, they're repressing a part of their biology. And here's the thing with men's groups, and this is sad, I see it. Do you mind me saying? Yeah, yeah, cool. A lot of men's groups out there, <clears throat> they don't know how to deal with the alpha men. Like there's a lot of men's groups out there, and they and I go, okay, they go, yeah, like they'll say, I'm creating a men's group and I'm doing great. I say, hey, hey, bro, come with me. Where are we going? We're going to the local prison. Fuck that. Huh? Oh, come with me. I've got a kickboxing gym. No, no, no. I said, well, if you can't be with the man at his worst, then you're just trying to make him his best. And a lot of the men you're already working for are already great men. Mm. Like, what about where, where are men mostly represented in our prisons and our gangs? Like, you talk about men's groups. Like, for instance, your man, where does he fit in the groups? Mm. If he goes to one of those cuddly groups, he's going to feel more isolated because he doesn't know how to be with that. Yeah. So with our men's, like people, I've had a couple of trans, sorry, I'm getting a bit passionate, but a couple of transformational teachers have gone to New Zealand and they go, oh, we can't be out there anymore because of the suppression. And I'm like, that's all over the world. Go to South Africa. That's where the men are represented. You go into Compton. You go into Flaxmere. Now, you're making all the men feel good that are already feeling good, but what about all these men that miss out on the feeling good? They're missing out on that. So are you talk about men's groups? I haven't seen one yet that can be with, uh, in the personal development realm, that can be with the full plethora of what it takes to be a man. Mm. I, I've seen them, and they're doing wonderfully and making a lot of money, but I haven't seen a group yet. It has encompassed what it takes to be with a man when he's about to fuck and go crazy. How do you talk that down? What about when he comes at the transformational teacher with a patu and wants to hit him because of his prison sentence? 
because it has been stabbed. How do you deal with that? Mm, yeah. What you, what you do is you grab him and you say, I love you, bro. But if you can't settle down and sit down, then you're going to create this everywhere. Mm. How do I know? I've had a guy attack me in a seminar with a piece of wood. How do I know? Yeah, how do I know? He hit me with it. It broke. It broke on my. It broke on me. But the, I said to him, "Now stop." And he was like, "What?" I said, "That patu, which was given to me for this event, which a patu is a war weapon in the Maori culture." I said, "That patu that you just hit me with was given to me by the head huntsman of a gang, whose wife is sitting over there." I said, "When you come with aggression, you're always going to be met with it." What do you think he's going to say when he sees his prized patu calf for him on the floor? This alpha man went to a little sniveling child within two seconds. And I had to take him to the wife and say to him, I'll pay for this. Is this okay with you, sis? And she said, yeah, it's okay because you're with him, bro. I had another gang member stand up who had just got out of prison. He was in a mongrel mob, one of the most notorious gangs. See, nobody's standing with all these men. And these are the men that come and do the aggression, the sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. I went to a prison in San Francisco, and I saw not only the men but the women. So if there's any uh, women out there that have got strong men, maybe start a group out there for these types of men because they're underrepresented. Personal development can't go into those arenas because a lot of the times it's too scary for the men that are leading. How do I know? I know some of the men that lead these groups. And if I've rocked it, I've, if I come at them with the alpha, they've all, all of them have folded under the pressure. Now, this is not to say for all of our men, um, go to some of these groups. But we have, just like, the voices of the women now that are coming through, we need the voices of the alpha men that are willing to help alpha. Yeah. Yeah. And I see it. My brother, my brother, who's a world champion kickboxer, who's got children, he's real strong in his disposition. I'm not, I'm trying to suggest, hey, bro, we got some, uh, you got some good stuff going. How about some of these men? So he's bringing out a group of boys, a young group of boys to Bali, and we're going to, and I'm going to help him. We're going to take them around to kickboxing, but also, we're going to do, I'll take them to dancing and just hold them as men. Yeah. Amazing. And is that what you would love to see more of in some of these new brotherhood circles or just spaces opening up for men is just, just the full spectrum of them being able to show up in all of it? Yeah, because the alpha man is not allowed to show up in these groups. Mm. What they do is they try to suppress them. They try to bring them down, which isolates them more. And the scary thing is if, if they keep doing that too much, he'll bust out and you'll see all of these men that are trying to represent men lying at the feet of the alpha man, bleed and bloody. Because how do you be with Alexander the Great? How do you be with Hitler? How do you be with Winston Churchill? How do you be with Stalin? How do you be with uh, all these men that, if not taken care of, become the, the major aggressors in society? They then influence society in ways that we don't. See, for me, it's where do we go to help people? The Buddha was always with the people that suffered. St. Francis of Assisi was with the people that needed it. 
that's where I went wrong in my transformation. I got too good at being with the people that were already good at what they were doing. And I forgot about he tangata, he tangata, he tangata. Where am I from? Where are my people? And I got lost because I got became too powerful. But I'm from Flaxmere, where people were tomahawked, murdered, where my mother uh, was beaten, and where I spent most of my uh, youth fighting for survival, where a lot of my friends are still in gangs and prisons, where I've been stabbed and other people have been stabbed as well, where people were shot and killed. I mean, that's part of who I am. And so I think... Uh, Coming out of that to talk to you now, I see that there is a gap in, in our communities with our men that is underrepresented. And uh, my uh, my uh, little play on it is encouraging men that know how to stand with these men to start up stuff, bro, mm-hmm. like with my brother and with other men. You women out there doing such a fine job of standing, the more that you stand, the more that the men will follow. Wonder Woman isn't doing the job of being Wonder Woman. She's just being Wonder Woman. Mm. being who she is and all of you out there in my eyes are a wonder woman thanks Anari <laughs> appreciate you <sighs> to I know we went in some beautiful depth in here and I really appreciate you sharing that because I felt like that was a really important piece in all this. And we heard a lot of points in there that you made around compassion, you know, especially just huge. It's come up quite a bit in this series, actually. I feel like a cigarette after that, but I'm going to write some paleo to Santo. Yeah. I always appreciate how you're willing to be real and really look at, you know, the people who are vulnerable and remember that we're not the most, you know, we're not just, just the people in personal development aren't the whole world. It's all these other people that also are craving this, craving these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just to, what's that? Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Um, hmm. Just to like, close this up in in a bow like what would you love the women who are listening to this to know um and to maybe take on for themselves to leave this conversation with i think you definitely said lots uh, of juicy ones but just check so, uh, yeah no great so i would say take this conversation with a grain of salt uh, mm. if it if it pushes your buttons transformation occurs in the bush uh, the pushing of somebody's buttons if it inspires uh, transformation occurs in the application of the inspiration, but take it with a grain of salt. Uh, life is a game. At the end of it, we all die. And it doesn't matter who we think we are or what we do. What we choose to do now or what you guys choose to do now is awesome. Yeah. If you can see your awesome in your humanity, then we're A-OK. Mm. I like what you said earlier, integrate, not eliminate. <laughs> I like that. That's good. It's going to be my thing. Yeah. Besides smoking this Nanto wood palace. It feels good to do it so. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Just lacing a cigarette with Paula Sando, a little puff puff. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
We always close out these conversations with one fill in the blank. But before we do that, uh, how can the ladies get more connected with the work that you're up to? I love what you share in terms of your message and just just exploring. That's what I always dig about your Facebook lives and your your content is you're exploring and bridging gaps and having people take a look for themselves. So we'll put all the links to social media and stuff. But what is what would you love to invite the ladies in on or how to connect with you? I don't want them to connect with me. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I want them to, uh, I just want them to really enjoy their lives. Mm. Uh, find out what's juicy for them. If they want to explore pole dancing, if they want to explore reading books, whatever juices them up. I, I'm, I'm too crazy for most people. So uh, <laughs> as where I keep my sanity is being a father and a husband, but outside of that, I play in any arena. So I'm not a really a wise person to follow because I'm not logical. I would suggest uh, following, if I could make a suggestion, keep following Stacey Ray because obviously she's the person that's progressing in the world to help go into her programs and really get involved in who she is as a person. That's important because I'm crying uh, and that matters. And... Just go out there and fucking have some fun, man. Smoke some Palio Santo with. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Okay, so this fill in the blank. Thank you, Hanari. Ugh, it is such a delight to have this conversation with you. But here's the, here's the fill in the blank statement that we close out these conversations with. Uh, if you truly want to improve your life, fill in the blank. Just that, bust a move. <laughs> don't know. Uh, this question was asked by uh, Mustin Kip to me, and I said, I don't have an answer to that. Yeah. It's kind of like you a... Fill in the- okay. Be you. That was the first thing that came up when you when I was listening to that last piece, when you were tying this all up in a bow. It's like, be you. Be true. Do you. For you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ladies can't see Hanari right now, but he's got a Palo Santo stick in his mouth. <laughs> so good. Thank you so much, truly, for all of it. And such an honor to have this conversation with you. Thank you. Thanks, Dave. And ladies listening, thank you for tuning in. Of course, we love to hear your insights, your takeaways, your questions, any of that. So feel free to send those over and keep the conversation going. And we will talk to you in the next episode. 